everyone. Welcome to Shine a Light On. Today, we're continuing our How I Got Here series with my friend and technical writer, Sarah Ahmed. Welcome, Sarah. Hey, thanks for inviting me over. Oh my gosh. Thanks for joining me, friend. To start, can you give us all a brief introduction to who you are and what you're up to currently? So right now, I'm a technical writer over at Salesforce, specifically on Sales Cloud. I've been there for almost exactly an year, an year tomorrow, yes. Um, before that, I was an intern there and converted. Um, and before that, I was a web design engineer major at Santa Clara University, class of 2021. Um, hopped into this role right after that. Haven't taken a vacation yet. I need to do that. Um, but that's been my life for the most part um, during college. It's part of Opal. Uh, it was my life and my joy, and I'm sad these days without it, but we're moving along with life, so I suppose. Since you were a technical writer intern and now as a technical writer, can you just describe to us what a technical writer does specifically and if there are any job roles that are the same thing but disguised under a different name? Yeah. So what I do as a technical writer uh, is going to differ from what other technical writers do. My day-to-day is usually writing help content, UI text, and in-app text. Um, So what that means will be help documentation. Um, If you go to help.salesforce, you can see all the stuff that we write, release notes, that kind of thing. Those really wordy pieces that you usually want to avoid unless you really need that information. Um, In-app text is basically bringing that stuff into the app so you don't need to go search on Google. Um, So we'll be that little eye bubble that you see in Google Docs and things like that. And UI text you probably are pretty familiar with. It's like what your button is called and pretty much any word on your user interface we're writing. Other than that, technical writers also do video scripts, blogs, uh, API names, a whole host of other stuff um, at Salesforce. It really depends on what your role is and what you want to do, because I think technical writing allows you to specialize in whatever you're interested in, pretty much. There are a lot of names that kind of go along with technical writing um, that you might see out there. Um, UX writer is a really popular one that focuses on just the UI text for the most part. Uh, documentarian is an old one I've seen in some places. Knowledge base manager. Um, information architect is another one sometimes, Uh, but there's a whole host of names you could search up on Google for the most part. And I think that's all I got on the subject at the moment. Yeah. Thank you for that deep dive friend. You talked a lot about the handful of things that technical writers or UX writers do typically, at least at Salesforce or in maybe enterprise companies quick question for you. So Sarah and I, we majored in the same thing in college, which was web design and engineering. So I know your background a little bit, Sarah, education wise, was in essentially like product design and software engineering. But the title itself of technical writer, I think suggests that there's some sort of like communications background. So how do you how critical do you think is it to have both like a technical or engineering and a communications background for this role? And to add on to this question, what did you know as an engineer? What did you know before the job versus what did you learn on the job? All right. I think I'll tackle that first question first. Um, 
So I would not have called myself a writer to any extent prior to this. I, I, I kind of enjoyed writing. I was okay with it, good enough at it, got A's in English. Um, but I think none of my academic experiences specifically prepared me for what I do now because um, what I do is very much instructional writing. Uh, basically, I'm being a teacher kind of asynchronously. I'm writing course content whenever I do video stuff. I think um, for technical writing, a communication background is actually more important than an engineering background because I think engineering, you can pick up as you go. Communication is a bit harder to learn after you've gone through your core academic experiences. It is definitely something you can pick up, um, but I think it's a lot more strenuous to get used to all those like little grammar nuances and things like that if you haven't been doing that for the past 10 years of your life. But I think most people are prepared um, for the communication involved in technical writing because we take English classes as we grow up. We take all the required courses um, that our colleges ask for. So I think if you've gone through like typical U.S. education system, then you, you got that down for technical writing. Engineering, I think it really depends on what company and what type of products you want to write for. I know at Google and sometimes at Salesforce, they're really like pro-engineer. Um, they really want their technical writers to have a computer science background because they want them to know what they're doing, what they're writing for, all the little nuances. But actually at Salesforce, like probably 95% of the technical writers I meet are English majors or journalism majors or didn't go to college in general. They just loved writing and loved the tech industry, so they ended up there. Um, so I think both are equally important. It really depends what you want out of the role. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. What about you specifically, Sarah, coming from, I guess, more on the tech side? When you started your role, was there something or some skill that you like had to learn immediately and continue to use? The skill that I had to pick up was picking up skills very fast. Um, I think when I got there, I, I knew the basics of things. I knew grammar. I knew like what API was and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I have never worked in an enterprise company before. There's this like processes that I have no idea how they work or technologies that I've never seen in my life. So I just have to keep picking those things up. And as a technical writer, I'm always covering the new features. So every other month, there's a new feature that I need to like learn from the very beginning. So I think that's probably the skill I need to pick up, which my engineering degree and specifically the quarter system definitely prepared me for. Um, just, you know, relearning life every three months, I think is exactly what I do these days. <laughs> it sounds like you get a, a nice fresh start, though, once a quarter. Working at Salesforce as a technical writer, it sounds like there there are other technical writers around you. I'm curious of your thoughts on this. Ultimately, my question is how much you work with like the branding team. When you have a handful of technical writers working on one product or within one company, how do you like keep a voice, I suppose, that is like distinctly Salesforce? Are you trained to sort of like talk or think in like a brandful way? Yes, we're, that's exactly what like is done to us at the beginning, like our whole onboarding thing. We have to go to like 
two, three voice and tone training sessions um, just to really get the Salesforce voice in our head. And as some people may know, we have various acquisitions such as Slack, MuleSoft, whatever. Um, and Salesforce products sometimes, I guess, associate with those products. Uh, then you have to learn the other products' voice as well because it might be a bit different. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably tough. I mean, we seem to be doing it well, um, but there are over 300 technical writers at Salesforce and we're all trying to speak through one voice. Um, I think we keep it consistent just by reviewing each other, honestly. I think if you're familiar with the development process, many developers go through, um, like you create something and then you submit it for review. So that's pretty much what we do at Salesforce as well. We Anything we write goes through another writer. So the writer looks at it and is like, does this sound like Salesforce? Does this make any sense? Um, and sometimes you have specialized writers uh, that will review for you. So uh, API reviewers will, like they know the voice of Salesforce APIs very well, and they will look at it through those lenses. So I think that's how we keep it consistent these days. Uh, definitely things fall through the cracks, like, you know, you might not have time to get through a review or your viewer might be like really tired because I don't know, it's the week before the end of the quarter and everybody wants a review, but I think we do it good enough. Yeah. We have a style guide. I think just obsessively checking that is probably the best way to go. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the process. So it sounds like lots of peer review keeps the voice fairly consistent, which is really interesting. You kind of covered this a little bit earlier, Sarah, but what do you what do you think this role looks like at Salesforce versus other companies? I mean, okay, this role compared to other roles that I know about is just so different at every company and every industry that I hear about. I think the biggest difference between maybe here and say like Figma or something like that is the number of technical writers, when you have 300, um, you have kind of the privilege to work on what you want, work on what you're interested in, have reviewers to take a look at your stuff. Um, most companies, when you ha they hire a technical writer, you're usually going to be the only one on the team. And that comes with a lot of stress and responsibility and things like that. But I think that's what most lead technical writers would help into. You're not going to start out in that situation. I think another big difference is like the content of what you're doing as an enterprise system. Salesforce is very complex. Um, so I mean, for one, we need documentation or else it's going to be very hard to use. I think another thing about it is just there's a very set ecosystem. Um, there's the people who are reading the documentation already know Salesforce. They've probably gone through admin training or something like that. So I think that's also a pretty big difference than other companies and other documentations um, where the users are probably very new or maybe not so experienced. Um, I think maybe to try this out, you could like compare uh, the documentation for React and Salesforce. Uh, React is written towards like individual developers who are completely new and Salesforce is assuming that you've taken a couple trailheads here and there. Because I know you're very familiar with design and like the design process. Do you as a technical writer ever get feedback from users directly and then like change your words accordingly? Or like at what point does your team decide, okay, we need to like refresh 
the copy on this page or in this document? How do you know, like, whether or not the users are understanding what you wrote? Yes, and it's a wonderful question. It's one I asked everybody on my team um, during my internship. So I think this is also something that differs per company, per team. Like I, like my experiences here do not, uh, I guess, equal other people on my team or other people at Salesforce or other technical writers' experiences. This has been my experience. Um, I sadly have never spoken to a user, even though I, I really want to um, and get my copy tested. I think... I think the end of the day is this priorities. Um, it's we're trying to push uh, design testing a bit more, and research is expensive, so we're gonna push that first and slowly get to the technical writing. I know in a lot of other companies, UI text at the very least gets researched and tested a lot, um, just because it's put in the bubble of design um, and goes through the the test with them. I think the way I get to know the users here is by talking to people who have talked to the users. So I'll talk to support engineers, success guides, product managers, um, anybody who can like throw the words of the users back to me, the experiences of the users. Um, those users usually won't give me feedback on the words I've written, but they'll give feedback on their experience and their frustration points and areas where there was no documentation or the documentation was so confusing that they stopped looking at it. Um, so that's always helpful. I think I always get feedback by testing it on employees because um, despite working at Salesforce, majority of us do not know how to use Salesforce or at least the entirety of Salesforce. So I test it on people who have never heard the product before or know an associated product, but not that one. Um, so that helps a lot. My next question for you, in hindsight, what part of your path do you think was totally necessary in order to become a technical writer? Your, your path of life <laughs> or school or career, what part do you look back and you're like, thank goodness I did that? Yeah, I think, um, well, as someone who in no way planned to be a technical writer and didn't know it existed until probably halfway through, um, I think, was it junior year or yeah, I think I didn't know about it till halfway junior. Um, I did not prepare for this, but what ended up helping the most was my knack for finding really oddball contract roles and just getting experience in things that I was interested in and just like following my interest. Um, the first technical writing experience I had was an internship at another small SaaS company called Moogsoft. Um, and I was like one of three interns, so it was definitely a bit smaller. But they actually got interested in me because I had written a course um, script and I guess like the course material as well for another startup um, that was creating technical content for kids. And I never thought that'd be useful in my life. That was literally just something I was interested in, but it worked out. It got me the internship and I started learning other things. Um, so I think one thing that was definitely necessary was just my curiosity and my, I guess, desire to fulfill desires. Um, I didn't ignore the things that I wanted or go after things just because they paid more. Uh, just picked up everything, said yes to what I wanted to say yes to, and I ended up here. I think another thing that worked out well, I was 
nearly a philosophy minor. Um, and for anybody who has taken philosophy courses, uh, there's a lot of writing in there and you have to be very, very specific with your writing or else you get a chunk of points taken off. So I think that helped a lot as well because in philosophy, you don't write with a lot of emotion and that's that's how technical writing is unless you're writing something fun. <laughs> oh, that's great that you sort of explored something for the fun of it and then it, it snowballed into your role today. It definitely snowballed. That's great. <laughs> Reflecting on maybe not so fun of thoughts, was there anything looking back that you're like, this just caused some unnecessary stress. I didn't necessarily need this for my career growth. Any Anything like that or no regrets? I think my biggest regret and thankfully this was like short-lived, was attempting to get good at leak code and hacker rank tests. Because <laughs> um, I, I was an engineering major and originally I was going for like front-end engineer roles until I discovered the grueling recruiting process and basically what you had to go through to get considered at all. Um, it really just turned me off from the industry and exhausted me during my academic years where I was already like doing intense coursework. So I think that's my biggest regret is just attempting that. But I mean, like it was also good because I found out what I don't want to do. I'm glad that even though you look back and you're like, that was not fun. You also can acknowledge that you had to go through that to sort of cross that off and know that you wanted to do something a little different. So that, that makes sense. Thank you for sharing. And Some people might look at this role and just immediately think like, no, this is not for me. Whether they're a technical person and it involves writing and therefore they're turned away from it, or maybe they're like a communications person. Um, You mentioned like people around you have backgrounds in like journalism and all these sort of like writing focused things, but they might see the word technical and be like, eh. I don't know about that. What is sort of a myth or a misconception that you think people have about this role that you just want to clarify now for everyone? I think there's so many that, I don't know, whoever you are who is doubting this role, go go search it up, go talk to some folks. Um, this role can be many things and kind of anything you want, at least from what I've seen, you can make it your own, um, take it where you want. But I think, Biggest misconception is that you have to be technical to get into it because I think a lot of the folks that I know, at least in in Salesforce, um, the ones that had English degrees and went through that um, and were not originally going towards technical writing, they never expected to end up here. They ended up here because, I mean, it's a tech company. The pay is good. That is the number one reason, but it's also fun. People are great. People are very smart here and things like that. Um, I, but I think the thing that blocked them at the beginning was the fact that they were an English major and there's just this stigma around English majors that you're not going to get employed after that. So I think just go for it. You don't need to be able to read code. You don't need to be know, I don't know, everything about a product. You don't need to have a computer science minor or major or anything like that. Like you can be just a literal English major who loves Shakespeare or something like that, and you can fit into this role fine if you have the passion and drive for it. Like, I don't know. You can do whatever you want here. 
there's no requirements unless I don't know your company is very very strict yeah <laughs> I think some companies definitely are not as open but this is my experience <laughs> now that that makes sense friend that that word technical or like the misconception that it is in fact like a technical role in some way shape or form would turn people away so glad you debunked this myth and for you personally what are you hoping for in the next step of your career i have been thinking about that for months uh honestly not quite sure yet which is why i'm still where i am um but i think i definitely want to keep the i guess the vibe that i have going in my role right now and i guess the vibe i'm referring to is just like the ability to do what I want in my role and having a very user-centered role, having a very, like, I guess, fluid role that can, like, be what I want it to be. I think a lot of roles that I considered while I was, like, looking for a job were very strict and, like, technical writing. It can be like that, especially if you go for, like, a contract position or something that's, like, for a specific project, but... Full-time, at least, everything I've heard of it has been very, like, you know, you can turn it into whatever you want it to be. You can go into any interests that you like. Um, and I think that's what I'm definitely looking for in my next role is to keep that fluidity, but maybe, you know, bring more of the design in. Um, definitely talk to users because I've been missing that a lot. And definitely, um, I think, I don't know, just talk to more people. I think my role is very isolated. Um, I usually just get the information from the people who know the information and go off and write my stuff. But I like to sit down and collaborate and brainstorm again. I think these are all things looking for in my next role. I don't really care what the title is, but if it has that stuff, I'll consider it. (laughs) Do you have any last words of wisdom for people interested in technical writing? My word of wisdom is to talk to some technical writers figure out what they actually do. Um, Some of us are very, I guess, asocial and may not answer you, but others of us are very eager, such as me, to answer you. Um, So I guess shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Um, And I guess word of wisdom, like not specifically related to technical writing, is uh, I guess don't pressure yourself into a field or a role or a company, especially this early in your life. Um, I mean, I'm just going with the flow. I I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a product designer. There's like so many things I wanted to be. And this is kind of where I ended up. It's it's going pretty well. And I have no idea where I'm going to go next, but it'll probably end up pretty well because this is flowing. So um, you're going to end up where you're meant to end up. Uh, Just follow what you like, what you're good at, who cares about the title. Um, Make sure you get paid enough to live. I think check all those boxes. You're all good. Yeah. That's just my opinion. (laughs) Beautiful words of wisdom from Sarah. Thank you for joining me. It was great chatting with you. To anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time.